Now then everyone, and welcome to the Wedding Mavericks podcast. A podcast for wedding photographers and videographers who want to build successful and sustainable businesses. My name's Lindsay and I'm John Barjules today and on this episode we are discussing money and taxes. Now, this might seem like a bit of a dry, a bit of a dull topic to, to talk really? about, <laughs> but it is super important. And so we hope you'll stick with us to the end because we think there's some really, really key knowledge that we all need to actively be aware of, um, regardless of what stage you're at in running your wedding photography or videography business. It's that time of year here in the UK where we will be thinking about not only the year ahead, but also the impending doom line, sorry, deadline <laughs> for those of us that are self-employed um, to make sure that we have our tax returns completed in time. Yeah, the deadline is that in the UK, the deadline is the 31st of January for the tax year previous so basically the tax year runs from first of well not the first of april actually i think it's like the fifth of april usually but it's around the start of april until the end of march every year that's the self-employed tax each person's tax year Uh, well not just the self-employed but everybody's tax year so your tax return from the 31st of January from the previous year needs to be done by the 31st of January for some reason everybody just leaves it to the last minute don't they Linz? Oh, a lot of people do anyway. You're directing that at me. No, no, no. Right, okay. <laughs> no, no, I just mean generally it's just a, it's like a thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's that. Once Christmas and New Year's out of the way, panic. Shit, it's time to get the tax yeah. return done. The adverts start appearing on telly. <laughs> See you on social media, yeah. Oof. So, yeah, we thought that given the time of year that it was, now would be a really good time just to kind of either introduce these topics to you or maybe it will act as a bit of a refresher for those of us that have been in business for a little while, because let's face it, these two topics, money and taxes, those are things that can actually make or break your business. So it can be all well and good having an actual successful and sustainable kind of practice in delivering the service that you offer. But actually when it comes down to it, a huge element of what is actually going to make your business sustainable is whether or not you're managing your money within your business. So, um, managing your money, that's a really good way of, I don't know why I hadn't thought of, I haven't written that down anywhere in this, in these notes, say managing your money. That's exactly what it is. It's about managing your money. Yeah. That's, well, that's all, that's all you understanding your taxes are it's it's an element of managing your money as is profit and loss and you know expenses and understanding what it is that you need to make what you what you need to generate revenue wise in order to be able to service your 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 business and whatever you need to to live off uh, plus hopefully being able to make a bit extra for other things yeah um Managing your money is, yeah, that's the best way of putting it. Thanks. So money might not be the reason we are passionate 
about photography or filmmaking or weddings and telling people's stories. Um, but it it's probably the reason that you're involved with those things as a business and not as a hobby yeah. or just a, a side interest. Um, you know, there's plenty of people that have a job, you know, they might be um, a solicitor or they might be a nurse or they might, you know, work in uh, doing some admin job. And for their hobby, they are into photography. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that, that do that. Or, you know, when it comes to filmmaking, I, I think a lot of people, I mean, I, I went to university um, for photography and filmmaking quite recently. Uh, I was obviously about 20 years older than everybody else. Um, and not one of those people had an ambition to become a wedding photographer or videographer. Um and actually, you'll probably hear this quite a lot, but it's it's one of those things that's a little bit, it's still, even to, to this day, is still one of those things that's kind of frowned upon within the photography and filmmaking industry is is weddings. I've not, I, I don't get it personally, but then again, I'm, I'm not from an art school background. I'm not from a, I wouldn't say I'm from a creative background necessarily, so I have a different thought process on these things. Um, so it's probably not, you know, a lot of people's ambition or intention is not necessarily because they want to be a filmmaker or they want to be a photographer is to actually get into weddings. You know, there'd be a very small percentage, I would say. But um, if you are interested in uh, a career within photography, filmmaking, video production, uh, you, you probably find that unless you're very lucky or you work extremely hard and you're very tenacious and you are prepared to do whatever it takes to become, you know, to work your way up in a in the industry that's very difficult to, to get into in terms of like, you know, work like being a, a well-established studio or editorial photographer mm-hmm. or working on films like, actual films or in the video production world you know on a, a more kind of established level um that's very difficult so if you actually want to make a living from this you're probably going to find that doing something like weddings is one of the best ways of making a mm-hmm. decent living having the opportunity to make a decent living um whilst doing something that you're into Okay, so, you know, you're, you're into weddings, you're into photography, you're into filmmaking, videography, um, but it's got to be about the money too. So, you know, ask yourself, if you don't think that the money side of it's that important, ask yourself, what, were you, what would you do if you weren't being paid? Would you be doing this to the level that you're doing it mm-hmm. if you weren't being paid? Mm-hmm. And I think if the, if the question is you wouldn't be doing it, if you if you weren't being paid the money that you are to do it, then you've got the answer to your question that money is super important. It's like completely integral. It's as integral as going and taking the pictures, making the films, and you know the 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 stories that you're telling. If you weren't getting paid correctly for it, or you're not making the right amount of money that you need from it, um, this. There's, it's not going to be successful and it's not going to be sustainable for you. And when we're talking about money, we're, we're not talking about being high rollers here. It'd be no, very we're not talking about like, being no. rich or anything. We're talking about it's having... thing of making a living. Making a living. 
Um, and, you know, doing that in a way that, that makes, that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, that makes this a better option than going and working in a local supermarket or going and being a nurse or, uh, um, you know, a, a train driver. These are just things that are popping in my head because you're just picking up all of the industries that are currently <laughs> going down the route of industrial action. I'm, yeah, it's okay. on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we need we need to kind of keep our mind focused around money um, at times in our business. Obviously, through through the busy periods when you're photographing, filming lots of weddings, that is your focus. But when you've got time and you're doing other things and you're thinking about your business and you, you're thinking about how you're going to market your business, you're thinking about things that you could do to improve it, things that you want to improve from a, like a creative perspective, from a knowledge and skills level perspective, you also need to be thinking about how you improve things from a money perspective. Mm. Um, and that's why money and taxes are so kind of important to talk about, and that's why we're going to be talking about them in this episode. Yeah. So let's have a little general discussion around money, Linz, because I think that a lot of people's... Money is one of those taboo subjects that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, I know that you don't, you know, you don't go typically down the pub and start talking to people about money, you know, chatting to acquaintances and friends, general friends about money. I know I will have conversations with my close friends about money. Um, That's because we're all kind of at a time in our lives where we're either business owners or we're um, family people with with kids. Um, We're we're kind of starting to approach middle life, if you like, and we're thinking about how the hell are we going to retire one day? And what does that look like? So instead of talking about, you know, what's what, what car are we going to get next? We're now starting to talk about how we're going to invest our money. We're talking about how we're going to um, make sure we've got money for the future. Acquiring assets almost, you know, like that that seems to be the thing that, that we talk about. Um, and the best way of, the best way of kind of preparing for, a point where hopefully you don't have to work all the time, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously a long way away, but it's something that this is the stuff we talk about. <clears throat> but I know that when you're younger, um, I don't think you get, you, you know, there's not enough conversations, not enough education or, or open discussion around money. Um, and I think that a lot of the, the approaches and the attitudes towards money and towards having it, not having it, it all stems from your experiences as you're growing up usually. So if you're quite well, if you come from quite a wealthy family, you t- you probably have different perspectives on money than you do if you came from a, a poorer one. Um, so I mean, I, I I came from quite a poor uh, situation when I was growing up, and all I ever wanted to do was I all I ever wanted to do was work hard so that I had money, and it was a massive part of my adolescent years I got a job very early and I have not stopped working since and that's always been like a driving force for me because mm. I never wanted to be without money so I always made sure that I had some um you know not rich not wealthy but I had enough money to be able to um to do the things that I couldn't do to have the things that I couldn't have when I was growing up make sure my kids can have those things um and make sure that I felt secure, that I didn't have those same anxieties that I probably didn't even realise I had as a kid, but they were probably there. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I think, uh, yeah, I, I would. Obviously, we know that we've, um, in a lot of ways, had a, a similar kind of, of of upbringing, not knowing one another as as kids, but um, you know, for for so much the same. Um, I have two younger brothers. Um, uh, a, a lot of the time, my mum was uh, functioning as a single parent. Um, it was, yeah, it was definitely kind of poorer circumstances. You know, she always did the, the best that she could financially for us. But, um, you know, sometimes through, I think, perhaps wanting to do the best, the very best that she could for us, ultimately ended up in financial trouble and, and went through bankruptcy when we were quite young. And I think the the motivator for me was as soon as I was able to, much like yourself, started off with just like a weekend job when I was sort of 16. And then um, when I finished college at 18, got a job, but then from a very young age was was thinking, what can I do? Well, I was working in a bank. And, and just at that point, I thought this, you know, this is, this is a good monthly wage for me to kind of earn, but I'm going to be bored stiff if this is what I've got to do for the rest of my life. And yeah. that's not at all, you, you know, any, any, um, probably because I found it too difficult to get my head around, if I'm being honest. Uh, I was going to say well, you work in a bank. Sat at, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Maths. <laughs> sat at, uh, you know, sat at the desk, so to, so to speak, and, and um, w- what appeared to be few sort of opportunities for someone of my age at that point, I just kind of thought, no, I need to do something that's kind of going to stimulate me, body and mind, if you like, but I need it to be something that I know has 100% job security. I need it to be something that is perhaps going to take me up to retirement, if you like, a reliable career that's maybe recession-proof. Yeah. Because financial stability is going to be so important to me. And at a young age, going to work for a public service, so going to work in the police, that instantly provided me with all of those things. But it provided me with the ability to kind of be able to contribute towards our family dynamic, as it were, at that point. And I think you're absolutely right. Throughout your life, then, the motivators that you have are the things that will kind of influence your um decision making around finances whether that's personal or whether it becomes business finance when you're working for yourself um we are absolutely coming from a place of being influenced by our, by childhood. our childhood yeah and that's that, that that's exactly the same reason i ended up in the police it wasn't something i had ambition to do it was <clears> looking <throat> for a job looking for a career that would give me that kind of security that kind of income level you know i i I look back and I could have done all sorts of things. I could have come into a creative industry much earlier. Um, you know, my background in terms of family is I, I am literally the, the you know, the, the, the anomaly in my family. The rest of my family are all creatives. They're all doing um, artistic um, type jobs and careers. Uh, some have been really successful in those things. Um, and they, they, that's what they all kind of went to study or they all went into work. And I went and joined the police and it was a, it was very much, you know, an odd thing for, for my family to see me doing, even for my friends to see me doing. But it was all, you know, driven around that security. And, uh, and when I look back, you know, had, had I not been thinking like that about money and security and, and earning, 
I would have, yeah, I would have explored all sorts of things, but I also knew because I had grown up with fa- a father who was a musician, um, I knew how that was such a feast and famine sort of situation. Um, and my dad and well, both my parents told me, you know, you well, they both influenced me. You don't get a job like that because it doesn't lead to it doesn't lead to a, a, a sort of a, a happy, stable life. Um, and so, you know, that, that I was influenced by those things. Um, and it's only later on in life when I'm looking for something other than that security, mm. because I feel more confident in myself, feel more um, sort of happy about risk taking a little bit. Uh, not everybody would be. Everyone thought we were both mad for leaving the police anyway. Um, and, that, you know, to some extent, I can see why they would think that. But it wasn't until later in life that <clears throat> I felt comfortable about about doing that because I was searching for something outside of security and money. Mm. But money's still important and money has been the driving factor for me in starting this business and making it successful. Mm-hmm. Like, that has been the yeah that's been the finish line for me not that there is a finish line there isn't a finish line but that has been what I've been working towards is making sure it it worked financially you know yes I wanted to do something that that brought me fulfillment and passion I could I could be creative but if it hadn't have been able to make the sort of money that it needed to make and we were very clear because we're, we're supporting both ourselves, we're supporting our family. This is our family income. Yeah. This is all we've got. It had to be able to sustain that. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Because the the, the, the the ambition was around lifestyle, yeah. wasn't it? The ultimate ambition was around quality of life and lifestyle now that we, we had a family. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that, that could be pie in the sky. That could be the unachievable ambition if it's not supported by the financial, so you're not not supported by the, the the finance at the core of it. So by being able, like you say, to have a sustainable business, that that provides the kind of core for you to then be able to to drive towards achieving that ambition. We know there's lots of other things that are involved in that, but that's that's key ultimately because if you have family or caring responsibilities, for example. Um, you know, you, you don't, it, it's what, what I don't want to do is, is, is kind of, you know, make it sort of very singular in so much as, well, this can only ever apply to people that have got children or caring responsibilities. Absolutely not. Naturally, no, when it's naturally, financial responsibilities. Financial, yeah, I was going to say, naturally, when you become an adult, you're of an age where well, everybody, you then have everybody's going to need to pay. Um, some kind of whether you live at home with your parents you're going to have to pay some sort of board yeah if you live you know if you rent somewhere you've got to pay your rent if you've got a mortgage you've got to pay your mortgage mm-hmm. the bills you've got to put food everyone's got to eat hopefully you do more than just those functions hopefully you enjoy your life mm. and you have experiences mm. you travel or you do things that you you, f- you find enjoyable you know whatever stage of your life you're at you need mm. money yeah that's what we're saying. I think that's it, isn't it? That's it. That those are the ambitions. That lifestyle is all about those experiences. Yeah. It's, it's all about what you what you were are going to be able to 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 kind of reward yourself with, enjoy about your life, challenge yourself with. But 
the way of the world is that we need money to be able to do that. Yeah. And, you know, running a business is very different um, than working for someone else, particularly working for a public sector. So we both used to work in the police. We both used to have a very rigid salary. It, it came at the same point every month. You knew it was going to come. There wasn't any, you, you know, it was very unlikely you were going to be made redundant, sacked, etc. So you had that security, but also it, it, it did it did kind of hold you back a little bit because you could only ever earn more money by either working a lot more hours, which was not necessarily always within your, you know, you couldn't always decide that. And do you want to work any more hours when you're already working plenty? And progression-wise, earning more money, that was also out of your hands to some extent. Yes, you can do things to to, to better yourself, but that you you kind of you're within a you're within a system there is only a, a certain system of you had to get promoted or you had to be there longer to earn more money that is pretty much the same for most jobs you know it's all about taking on more responsibility and you don't necessarily get the opportunity to take on that more responsibility until you've done xyz or waited for your turn or whatever whereas the difference with running your own business is it's very much down to you you are in control of your own destiny with that. That's the bit that it was always for me. Um, this was always one of the draws to starting my own business. And I realized, you know, looking back, at, you know, going to a public service wasn't necessarily the right thing for me. I should have always started my own business. It doesn't really matter what business it is just because of like the way I think about things and the work ethic, you know, it, 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 there was lots of people when you work in somewhere like the police, you work with, people who do a little bit of work and then you work with people that work really hard. Everybody's getting paid the same. And that's the difference between owning your own business. You are actually in control of your own destiny. If you want to work harder and you want to be able to make more money, you can do. Um, Vice versa, if you want an easier life and you don't want to, you don't need to make more money and you would rather have more time, you're in control of that. Um, And that, you you know, you don't have that in the the police either because... Mm. Or, or a job like that because you just have to be there when they say it's so you really do have have this um thing and it gives you a different perspective and approach to money because actually now you know you can you can see opportunities to do things with that money um or opportunities to do things with that time and if you're not thinking about these things actively then you're kind of missing out on the point of being a, a small business owner mm. um you know because it, it it's freedom and uh, opportunity. These are the, like, the, the two things that, that come with money and being able to have that, that freedom with it. So the way I like to think of it is money is a facilitator. All that money does is enables you to do things. So it enables you to live, enables you to have your business, but you know you can also invest in your business. So you can invest in your business to grow it or um, to, to kind of take it in a different direction. You can invest in yourself. So that could be, you know, from a, um, a personal development perspective um, or, you know, t- giving yourself time to do things that you want to do. It could be on experiences. Um, it could be on your future. It could be on your kids. You know, it could be because t- you want to, to help other people, um, your family, 
or your friends, you might want to be, you know, doing something. You might want to be able to do this so that you can pay the bills, but then you want to volunteer or work in some other capacity or other things that you're interested in that are like passion projects. And that's what, that's what kind of being able to make the right amount of money that you need to do these things and thinking about it actively will give you. So good, nice little segue into the next part there because you kind of talked about money as a facilitator for kind of business and personal reasons there. So let's just spend a couple of minutes just focusing on money or the cash in your business for business purposes then and the opportunities that that could afford to you if you have um, cash in your business. Cash. I think cash money. Cash should be seen like the lifeblood of your business. Now, whether you're a small, medium, large business or organisation, cash within it is essential to not only the survival, but also the success and the sustainability. It's a snake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your business. So kind of think of it as it's like the fuel that's going to power the day-to-day kind of business operations within your organisation, within your business, however you might kind of refer to it. So it can enable you to do a number of things and a few kind of different examples with a bit of context I'm going to go through in a moment. But think of it from the from the terms of it can enable you to have the ability to to grow, start to grow and develop your business, develop into maybe other areas of what you're doing. Um, It can even help you kind of navigate through difficult times. COVID. It goes without saying. Absolutely. Huge example, yeah. 2020 to 2022, very much focused on COVID around the world. Now we're kind of onto a, a different challenge, aren't we? Um, that, that, that we all understand is happening within the economy. So that may not um, that may not result in a complete shutdown of our industry, but I think we would all agree that it's certainly making it more challenging at the moment. So um, having money available, having cash within our business is certainly going to help us to be able to kind of make it through, if you like, steady the ship through more challenging and difficult times. So it's only when I think that we understand the importance of having available cash or money within your business that you can really kind of appreciate how it's going to enable you to manage those difficult times more effectively and continue to kind of have your eye on the prize, so to speak, and be looking still at long-term, never lose sight of kind of whatever your long-term goals or ambitions may be, just because we could be in a state of kind of uh, going through challenging, difficult times, not really knowing what the next maybe six months, 12 months is going to bring in terms of the the volume of let's say weddings that you might be booking in comparison to previous years still also think about what what why am I in this for the long term why is having a sustainable business important to me okay it's for these reasons all right what can I do in the short term then have I got available cash money within my business that's going to help me to to maybe make some different decisions in the shorter term but ultimately, it's to keep a business afloat. It's to keep things moving. So, on that, if what are you what are you kind of meaning by that? Then, when you're saying so, 
you'll you'll hear the term cash flow. So, you know, cash flow would be the amount of money that's coming in and going out of your business. And when you're saying about making different decisions, are you meaning, you know, if you are basically waiting for the next check to clear, not that we use checks anymore, waiting for the next backs transfer um, to come in from whatever job to be able to cover those outgoings, Mm -hmm. that feels a bit desperate, doesn't it? It does feel a bit desperate. So then that's, you know... But if you've got cash reserves there, you're not having to think, right, I just need to take anything at any price just to get some work in because... I feel like I'm on the I'm you know I'm on the knife yeah. edge here. Whereas if you've got if you've got cash reserves in your business, you can make different decisions. Yeah. So and and if you're at that stage, then I would say you, you're not at a place where you've got the kind of knowledge and you've got the proof there that you have a healthy money situation within your business you've got a healthy kind of level of money available in your business you know yes having that money available means that you can meet basic things like your monthly expenses so if you have a premises you're going to be thinking about rent if you've got a vehicle it might be vehicle leasing it could just come down to the essential costs of kind of running your business so think of it in terms of your subscriptions so music licensing uh, editing software, galleries, things like that. So you need money within your business to be able to cover some of those basics, monthly ingoings, incomings, outgoings. Outgoings. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Think then, let's cross over to to things that are a little bit more kind of long-term then. So investing in the business activities that that you currently run day to day, week to week, month to month, etc., and looking towards a path of growth. So if you know that this year, let's say it was your first or second year in business and you photographed or filmed at 20 weddings this year, um, you've managed that workload okay, you've made a decent amount of revenue for your first 12, 24 months within business and you're thinking, okay, I've learned, I've got a lot of experience from that as well. I want to take that to the next step and I want to grow this. I want to aim, my goal is to aim to be able to book 35 weddings next year. So you're looking at growth for your business because financially that's going to bring in more income from your business, but also in terms of your business output, that's certainly going to be an amount of growth there. So what do you need to be able to achieve that? Do you just do what you've done to get those 20 clients for the past year or two? Do you just keep everything the same? No, of course you don't. You know you're going to have to step up your game. You know you're going to have to increase your activity when it comes to marketing, when it comes to raising the profile of your business. You may even go so far as to thinking, well, now that I feel a little bit more established and I've got this experience, I want to be able to present myself in a better way. So I designed my own website before, or I didn't even have a website. I just had an Instagram page before, but I'm ready to make an investment in having something that's going to now see me and carry me through this growth and into the next kind of stage of my business. So you need money in your business to be able to do that. You do. Yeah. You might even consider um, being able to respond to new opportunities that present themselves. If you have cash in your business, you're going to be able to do that. So, for example, there, um, let's take even something as basic as you have a piece of equipment that needs repairing. 
if all you were doing was simply breaking even, if all you were doing was able to co- carry, uh, sorry, cover your monthly bills, but you've got a broken camera or a broken lens or lighting equipment, whatever it may be, well, you can't take advantage of any new opportunities that come along that might require you to need, let's say that's your second camera and another lens that you've got. If you've only got one other one that's in working order, well, you're already restricting yourself at any jobs that you're actively doing. But in terms of taking on new opportunities there, looking to kind of mix up what you're doing, diversify a little bit. If you've only got 50% of your equipment that's in working order, you're not going to be able to, to yeah. potentially take on that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, to, to give Let's it, to, to put, sorry, I was just going to say, right. to, to kind of put it in um, <clears throat> a, a more uh, practical example, for us, we do photo and video now. But we didn't start out like that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't start out with the ability to be able to do a really good job in both photo and video. The reason being, that requires a lot more equipment now i would say that we're very minimal in the way that we work we don't have we don't use tons of equipment um we try to use the very least amount that we can Mm -hmm. but you still if you're going to do both photo and video and you're going to be able to do the sort of coverage that we offer you're going to need you know we have like five or six cameras all together we don't use them all but if one breaks we've got a spare um you know we've because you've got that many cameras you need at least that many lenses, but you're also probably going to want different lenses for different things. Mm. So you need to be able to buy even more lenses. And then there's the audio equipment and then there's the lighting equipment. And then because we do photo as well, we have both LEDs, but we also have flashes. You know, that's before you start getting into like fancy bits of equipment like drones and gimbals and anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, your editing machines, you know, think, think about how if you're doing maybe you're just a photographer, but you want to get into doing video, um, believe me, you know, your laptop or your computer is going to need to be a lot better for video editing than photo editing. If you want to use more up-to-date cameras with that, you know, different file types, codecs, they're going to require more processing power. All of these things, they are like, you have to be thinking what, what is going to change down the line, you know? A new camera might cost you two, three, four, five thousand quid. New lens might cost you a thousand, two thousand quid. If that's the sort of money that you're gonna be spending on equipment, you can't just pick that out of thin air. That's got to be something that you're thinking about those investments mm-hmm. year on year. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to have to buy two or three cameras and two or three lenses in one go. You want to be constantly thinking every year, I'm gonna be able to put a little bit of money, you know, a few thousand pounds into updating, upgrading my equipment. Mm. And that's going to allow you to grow, like Lindsay's saying. Mm. So that's from a toolkit perspective. There's also opportunities, don't forget, in increasing your own knowledge, expanding your own knowledge and your own skill set. So if there's money there available um, in within your business, it might be, so remember we talked about that scenario of, person that's been in business for a year or two now and is thinking that they kind of just want to develop that little bit further you could be talking about workshops retreats even now we're seeing for photography and videography and it courses things like that but we know that any worth the salt really 
you're talking hundreds of pounds, maybe into the thousands, especially sort of retreats and things that that, that you see, because those things are things that will occur over kind of a, a long weekend or, you know, a few days and things like that. So they are a real investment in kind of your own continued upskilling and development and really fine tuning your skills, but also the the kind of opportunities for for sort of networking and, yeah. and 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 you know just opening up other work opportunities I guess if it hadn't have been for the fact that you had the money there available to invest in that you know x y or z may not have been able to happen Absolutely. so there's all those sorts of things and then just finally for emergencies for anything that's unforeseen that might crop up within your business so um, let's go back two years then almost almost two years ago everything just ground to a halt didn't it we weren't able to work well what if that's the case and you now have no income for your business but you have all of these financial commitments after so long that money will run out yeah and and that's it you need to you need to know that you've got a bit of a buffer there yeah just just for your own peace of mind so that you've got time to you've got time to react Mm. Because if 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 you if you are living sort of on that very much, I've got a few hundred quid in my business bank account and that's it. You know what are you going to do if for whatever reason so, you know what if um, a wedding cancels? Mm. What if you are you know ill and you can't work for a bit and you've got yeah. to pay somebody else an associate to go and do your weddings for a few weeks? What's that going to do to your business? If you don't have the, the buffer there to be able to deal with that, that's just constant. Well, it'd be constant stress from my perspective. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. That's where it was by saying as well, what if, you know, you were ill all of a sudden and you couldn't work. That was where I was going to finish it. But I just actually just thought of something that I didn't mention before that also think about if you were looking at um, longer term investment for your business or you were to looking to kind of impro- approach investors, just the, the, the bank, anything like that, they would actually want to have a look at evidence of the fact that your business has a healthy cash flow, but also how you're managing your money. Yeah. They will want to see evidence of that. And so, again, that's that that could really help. If that's where your ambition lies for your business and you know that's a path that you might want be... Um, be wanting to venture down, understand that 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 will be a key piece of evidence, if you like, for any lenders. Absolutely. So you know how you how you kind of approach money, how you manage money is going to be um, it's going to be a real big deal in terms of you know how you will develop your business. You know, and if you're just looking for enough money to pay the bills to get by. You know, we're not we're not saying everybody has to be like I'm going to you know stash loads of cash in you know in the bank ready for the rainy day or for the for investing it in something. It's it's just about um, kind of being able to do do things in a way that um, is 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 less reactive. You know, you're not always just thinking, "Am I going to have enough money for this?" You're kind of looking down the line. And you're predicting and you're projecting how things are going to go, and that just that's just this is a great time of the year to do that because you a bit quieter. Plus, you can see that in six months' time, in the middle of the summer, when it's probably busier. Certainly in the UK, that's when it's going to be busier for most wedding photographers and videographers. Um, you can see what money is going to be coming in then, 
um, and it helps you to understand what jobs to take on, how many jobs you need to take on um, and, and helps you to plan for that. But it also leads nicely into the thing of what we, we started mentioning earlier on, which was taxes. And, you know, taxes are inevitable. You know, I've heard people say, there's only two things like certain in life. One is change and two is taxes or something <laughs> like that. And doesn't really matter where where, you, where in the world you live. Um, there will be some kind of tax system where you have to pay money uh, to the government um, to, to be a resident in that in that place. So it's not like a choice. Um, people can try and not pay taxes, but eventually it'll catch up with you and you'll end up with a massive bill. So rather than, you know, thinking, well, it's not something that I really need to think about or I want to think about. It's not something of, of importance or interest to me. It, it, it's kind of got to be, and especially if you're running your own business, because you, you know, if you are doing this properly and you're a registered business, um, we're not going to go into kind of how you set up your business, what structure you've got, because um, that that's a completely different topic we might cover at a different time. Um, but, you know, if you if if they know about you because you've registered your business uh, in one way or another, someone's going to someone's going to come and ask for some, some money at some point if you haven't been paying it. Mm. So, for some context, um, anyone who's listening who's new to starting or running a business, we're going to quickly go through and explain self-employed business owners how they're like taxed in the UK. Just really, really sort of. We're going to go through it really quick. We're not going to go into all the nooks and crannies of it. Um, and it's going to be di- completely different to other parts of the world, but the principles are going to be the same. It's just what it's called, the procedures, the processes will be slightly different. Um, and we're not experts in this topic. We're not accountants. We're not financial advisors. That's just our little disclaimer. Um, <laughs> we're just discussing our understanding and experience of uh, what can be like a really daunting and complex topic for some people. Like, you know... I, I feel like I'm interested in this a little bit and I feel like I understand, but every time I speak with the accountant and he's going through stuff, I still am struggling to understand. And don't get me wrong, you know, we're we're because we're a limited company, so we do a we do a, a, a tax return for the company. It's just very it's not as straightforward as a sole trader's um tax return. It's not just in and out. There's there's all sorts of different categories of things that uh, just just change things slightly. So, but if 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 it confuses me, then somebody who's got no interest in money and taxes and, and things like that is is going to find it very confusing. So we want to just try and simplify it by through this explanation. So a self assessment, basically, if you earn money and you don't earn it through a system. A a pay pay system that you get from your your employer um so so anybody basically who's running a business is going to need to do a self assessment and we've already talked about it, it runs till the end of january uh, to the end of march and you've got till the end of january the year after to pay it um or submit it and the idea is is you've got to basically show what you've earned and what you've spent um and what tax because you've made some sort of profit or some sort of earnings, what tax you should pay on those earnings. Um, 
So basically, in the UK, we have different types of tax that we have to pay. Um, and the, the types of tax that you'll ha- you'll end up having to pay and the rates are all going to depend on how much you earn and lots of other different things. But these, it, these are the simple hi- headlines out there. Mm-hmm. Right, so income tax is is what it says. If you earn something, whatever your income, your personal income is, you're going to have to pay um, 20% of that. So basically, whatever you earn in... in to be safe, whatever you earn, you should think of 20% as not being yours when you've earned it because you're going to have to pay it to the tax man. Now, there's 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 some deductions and allowances that will, will affect that. But if you do nothing else, but every time you get some money off somebody, you put 20% of it away, you will never need to worry about paying your tax bill because you'll be able to, you'll have that money there. And then if it turns out that you don't need to pay all that, then you can basically, you've got a nice little savings pot. But a really good, simple way of managing your taxes is to just every single bit of money you get, put 20% away. Now, I'm not going to say we do that, but we've got an accountant and we kind of do things, we have a different way of doing it, but we know that we're going to have to pay that tax. So, but that's a that's a really simple way of doing it. And when we first started, that's pretty much what, what we used to do. We used to have a separate account that we just put, we put 20% away in every month. And if you, and I can't stress how important that will be as well, that if, you know, it may just be a small proportion of you, that, but from the moment you start to earn money from wedding photography or videography, mm. and if you're a person, a sole trader, and we'll come on to what that is, but if you're a person operating that business on your own, regardless of whether you still have a job, and so all of these deductions that Jules is going to talk about are taken care of by somebody else, by your employer, so you don't have to think about it. But the moment that you start to earn income from weddings, get a separate biz- uh, bank account, yeah. open a separate bank account and put the money that you earn from those into that bank account. Step number one, day one, please do it. Yeah. So it just makes se- it so it just keeps your personal finances completely separate. To, and you might only just be thinking, well, I'm, I'm just kind of dipping my toe into this. I'm not really sure whether I'm going to carry this on or yeah, not. It doesn't. It, it doesn't cost have you to nothing be, to set up a, yeah. sep- a second bank account. It doesn't have to be a business bank account to start off no. with. You, if you if you've got a limited company, you do need a, a business bank account of some kind. But if you're if you're just if you're just operating as a sole trader, a uh, self employed person, you can you use any account. For, the, for that business you don't have to have a separate account but we would always recommend it like Lindsay says it just makes your accountancy you you know your bookkeeping and your accountancy a lot easier to understand um so that's 20 percent. you're going to pay that up to earning 37 and a half grand these are all like 2000 early 2023 three, three figures they change obviously depending on what happens but you, you know that's as simple as it is 20 percent of 37 up to 37 and a half grand if you put that away sorted after after that tax rates go up to like 40 percent and then 45 there won't be that many people having to pay that much tax because um you'd be doing extremely well if you were um but then you know on top of that in the uk we have national insurance which is kind of a social security type payment that you might find in other parts of the world and that is 13.25 percent of everything that you earn over a certain amount uh i think it's 242 pound a week so basically, 
if you earn more than two hundred and forty-two pound a week, which is you know just under a grand a month, uh, just under twelve grand a year, you're basically going to have to pay that national insurance as well, um, and that again is thirteen point two five percent above um, a certain amount. That goes towards things like you know your hospitals, your schools, um, all sorts of public services that that are paid. So we we basically get taxed twice. So if you add those two together, that's, you know, 33, around 33% of your money is taxed on earnings. Now, there are some allowances that I'll come on to in a second. So you don't pay it on everything. Some people, if they're, if they're earning less money, they won't pay any tax. But there are also some other taxes that are just worth mentioning. So benefits in kind, if you happen to have a company and you put things like cars or um, other things that you can benefit from from a personal perspective that the business is paying for, you might have to pay tax through that. That's a variable situation. It depends on the on the, on the the thing itself. So we can't really give you how much of that is, but you need to look into that um, because there are ways of, of, of being tax efficient and saving yourself some money by putting certain things through a business, through a company, if you have set up a company. But also it might cost you more in tax on the other end. So you really need to kind of understand that before you do it. And if you have got a, a company, there's also corporation tax, which is currently 19%. It's it's due to go up, but um, probably not for the size of business that we're talking about. But it's, you know, corporation tax in itself um, is more complicated. And that's why we're not going to go into it. But if you if you are in that situation, you 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 will have an accountant that's sorting that out for you. Uh, and then there's dividend taxes, which is going to be, again, to do with if you've got a company, if you've got a business. So they're the main things that we're gonna that you're going to need to know about. Mm. And then you, there's your tax allowances. So everybody's got a personal tax allowance of, in, in the UK of, of 12,570. And they can basically, you can earn 12,570 pounds of, you know, from whatever source, it needs to come from as in that that you can have that money without paying any tax and obviously with national insurance you can have almost twelve thousand pounds without paying any national insurance so if you're if you're only earning around that amount you'll probably never have to pay any tax but it's going to be very difficult for most people to live off twelve and a half grand a year especially in the current financial situation, um, you know, to be able to cover mortgages and bills and everything, just earning that. So you're probably going to have to pay some kind of tax at some point. Um, but that that's basically it. So if you, if you think you can earn that without paying any tax and everything over it is going to be, you're going to be paying the 20%, you're going to be paying the 13%. Obviously, it's going to be different depending on if you have a, if you set up a business, a limited company, a corporation, because you will um, you will be paying things slightly different. Your accountant will set that up for you in a certain way. So um, most limited company directors will pay themselves a certain amount, which is under the threshold for having to pay anything out on national insurance and tax. And then they'll pay themselves the rest through dividend payments. But again, any dividend payments are going to come out of the company's profits, so you're going to have to pay corporation tax on those, and then you're going to have to pay dividend tax on whatever you pay yourself extra out of the company. 
I'm only explaining all this. Yeah, it's very, it's very confusing. Oh, it's very confusing. Yeah. And we're not going to go into the difference. We'll, we'll probably talk about the difference between like sole trader, limited company and a different podcast because it's a huge topic and there's benefits and cons. But it's all going to be down to your personal circumstances and the way that you want to run your business. Mm. You know, there are, there are, the, basically, we have a limited company, but it does make sense for us because there are two of us. And because of the way that we planned to grow the business, we wanted to be able to. Um, we wanted to, to have the ability to to do that and have you know potentially have other employees eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be the right way for everybody, and most people are probably going to be sole traders. Um, were you going to say something? So sorry, sorry ju- just to, ju- ju- just in respect of accountants or at the very minimum software you know if if you I know you're going to come on to talking about this but my goodness it's it's the 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 best (laughs) it's the best um you definitely regular sorry just because you've said accountant a couple of times it's the best regular payment you can make I think in your business is having somebody that um understands the accounts and everything that's required and when it needs to be done by um because we would be lost without it and and I, I would say you know perhaps only if you are a retired or former accountant or bookkeeper or have got experience in that and are completely comfortable with um the, the bookkeeping that's necessary, but also the changes that have been happening to, to different they allowances happen all the and time, things like that. Depending on who's in government, the time. And all absolutely, that, yeah. goalposts are always changing. So unless you're completely comfortable with that, I think definitely, yeah, it's 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 an no-brainer in some respects is, is to to have the help of an accountant. Yeah. So then there was one other tax that we haven't talked about yet, and that was um, VAT in the UK or value-added tax. And that is essentially what will be in other parts of the world, a sales tax. So an amount that if you're operating a business and you're selling a product or service, an amount that the government says you need to charge this on top of your your amount that you're charging, um, basically generating money for us. That's the most simple way I can put it. Mm. And in the, in this country, um, I think it's, it's, 20, it's 20% at the moment. It, ke- it keeps changing because it changed through the, they dropped it through COVID, didn't they? But it's 20% at the moment. And essentially, you know, if you're operating a business um, that earns over the VAT threshold, the sales tax threshold, if you like, which is currently 85,000, then you're going to have to pay that on everything that you're, you're earning. Um, and that's why you hear so many small businesses like ours talk about the VAT limit and talk about them keeping under that because once you go over that you for a business like ours that is dealing with the consumer um it's a lot more difficult to pass that extra money onto the consumer so it essentially is all it's going to do is eat into your own your own revenue your own profits um and that's why I, my personal view is and i know that this is a a view of a lot of businesses like ours that really is one of the key things that prevents the the type of business that we are from growing um, because everybody tries to, if, if they're doing well and they're near that threshold, they desperately try to stay under because it's just better yeah. than 
having to work a lot harder for not really any extra money. It's got to, for it to be worthwhile. It has it has to be a serious leap. A big a serious leap, leap. Like you have to be making it? you know tens of thousands more for it to be to be worthwhile. Again, something that if you are in that situation, if you do have a comp, you know, if, well, not even a company. If you're a sole trader and you're earning around that same, but if you are in that situation, it's definitely something that you should be discussing with your accountant because it it has other implications of of having to report earnings and all sorts of things. So, yeah. Um, so we'll quickly talk about writing off allowable expenses. So we've talked about earnings. We've talked about how much tax you're going to have to pay. And we've talked about the allowances for your own tax, your own personal tax. But then, you know, your business spends money. So you you spend money in your business to be able to do what you do. And all of that, whether it's buying a new piece of equipment or whether it's, um, you know, doing spending something on a subscription or a um, you stay at a hotel, travel expenses. There's so much stuff that you should um, be able to get tax relief on, as in that comes that that all that comes off the the amount that you've earned before you have to pay tax. And again, this is why this is so important because. I think that a lot of people, if they're doing their own tax returns, they probably aren't making use of all, as many deductions as they could. And so they, they might end up losing out on that. Um, again, it's also, this is why it's really good to be thinking about this stuff in advance, because if you don't actually need the money that your business has made, because maybe you're like, well, I take out what I need every month to pay my bills and to live but it's made more money this year, well, rather than just pay tax on that, um, there might be ways in which you can invest that into some kind of pension. Um, Or there might be something that you can do to invest that in your business, whether it's, uh, you know, things like going on that course that you you really want to go on, or whether it's buying that piece of equipment that's going to be, um, you know, help you improve your business. It's these things... They don't really, they don't really need to be snap decisions. They can be things that are planned for if you're looking at the longer term. And the way that you're going to look at the longer term for me is by having an accountant, or or and both having accountancy software and ways of tracking um, what's coming in and out and how that's affecting, you know the profit that you will make, the tax that you're going to pay. You could do that on a spreadsheet. You could do it with a piece of software. Um, there are you know, lots of different accountancy softwares, bookkeeping softwares out there. And your accountant, Lindsay's already alluded to this, but it is just, to me, if you are running a business, you need an accountant. Now, if you're not doing this, if you're not earning loads of money from this, and it's kind of a side thing. Yes, you can probably, you know, the first year I did my own tax return and it wasn't really, there wasn't really much to it um, because I didn't earn that much. I didn't spend that much. So it was simple. But now, you know, I look at the tax return and we've just we've just sort of finalised the corporation tax. And I, honestly, I don't understand it properly, but... I know that the accountant has done some amazing 
you know, stuff to make sure we're taking full advantage of everything Mm -hmm. that we can. And so the tax bill is a lot less than I was expecting. And partly that is because we have invested money Mm -hmm. through buying equipment. um, And and that's, that. I wouldn't be able to do that. We wouldn't make those decisions if we didn't think about this stuff in advance because we had an accountant who helps us to plan this every... um, every every year and the accountancy software helps us keep our books up to date and makes it a much easier process for the accountant to just be able to uh, see everything within um, what we use is QuickBooks and then he can just go yeah no problem just send me your receipts which you can also scan into the software and he can just do your, your your bookkeeping without having to sit down with him and go through everything tooth to nail because it's all recorded and linked up to our business bank account. It's just such a smooth process. And yes, it, it, it costs us money. There's an investment that we have to pay for that software every month. And we obviously, we obviously have to pay for the accountant's um, services. But I do genuinely believe that the money it saves us in terms of our understanding of, of doing those tax returns, um, of having not to spend as much time manually trying to put all these books and keep a tra- track on all these books together is huge. Um, so I think what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is if you've been running your business a while and you've been thinking, well, I've I've not wanted to pay for an accountant. It's just something else that I'm going to spend my money on. Um, and I don't want to keep spending money on stuff. You know, it's, it's my money. I've earned it. Um, I don't need an accountant. Honestly, I, I just, I really do think that it's, you know, sort of management software, um, CRMs, and then accountancy software slash an accountant two of the things that are most important when it comes to spending money in your business. And it's something that you will get tax relief on anyway. Um, and it's if, you, if you're definitely kind of doing this seriously, you're doing this full-time, this is your, your thing, your baby, I, I really believe that it's a, a very worthwhile thing to spend your money on. Right, so... You know, I know it's not been the most exciting of topics, um, talking about stuff that's not really to do with a photography or videography business specifically, but I think it's like really key to talk about. I don't hear it talked about on, on many other podcasts. And I think the main, main thing is not to stress about this. It's important and it's integral part of running your, your wedding photography or videography business. You know, we're talking about it today because it's the that end of January deadline. Wherever you are in the world, listen to this. You, you know, your deadlines might be different, but I bet it's the same scenario that a lot of people leave it to the last minute. So don't leave it to the last minute. Look at ways that you can keep up with your bookkeeping um, and have enough understanding um, of the, the financial workings of your business or use an accountant so that you can remove all this stress. Um and that way you're going to be planning financially. So at this time of the year, when it's quite a, be looking to plan financially through through the year and and, and beyond um, so that you can run that sustainable business. 
You know, it's just about thinking ahead, um, thinking about where where things are now, where things are going to be at different points in the year, because we're all going to have those those peaks and troughs where there's lots of money. I mean, let's think about it. There's certain months where there's so much money coming in. You know, it it's it's crazy, isn't it? Right, and then you get another month, zero comes in, mm. right, and if you're not able to plan financially in when you've got that kind of um, up and down roller coaster effect, if you like, of of, of your revenue, uh, you know, you you are going to. I I I would find it stressful if I if I wasn't able to kind of project where things were going. And it's still, you know, despite the fact, so we have an accountant that will do all of our um, bookkeeping. We're on the QuickBooks software. Despite the fact that we have the, those things with the knowledge and with the capability to do that for us, you do still stress over, you know, the income. And we're in that quieter period of the year where there's not many jobs that are happening. And, and so only year. last yeah. night, only last night you were showing me, and yeah, like we've talked about before, there's been this real change in kind of the spending behaviour of people. We've noticed a real difference in how many, up to the, uh, the back end of last year, how many bookings were we getting for 23, 24? Start to get a bit concerned, a bit nervous, consider what we could do about that. But it's inevitable that there are going to be those peaks and troughs through the year that's that's just the nature of of kind of being self-employed and I would I wouldn't ever like to pigeonhole our industry as a seasonal thing because quite clearly people do get married there are weddings that occur right across the year but I think we just have a peak season a peak time don't we that in itself I think has increased a little bit so now I see it stretching from really kind of end of May into sort of end of September, so not just July and August that we're focused on, but that still leaves months at either side of it. Um, so without a doubt, there's the peaks and troughs that are there. And yeah, even though we've got the accountant in place and all the rest of it, it doesn't stop you, you know, and I think it's a good thing to be actively kind of thinking still month to month, oh, well, what about this? What about that? You're thinking about, you know, can we get that lens repaired? Can we get that camera repaired? You know, there's a piece of kit. It's the start of the year. We're looking at the kind of, not only the logistics for the weddings ahead, but the practicalities of, have we still got the right kit that we're going to need for the season when that kicks off? What are we going to do about that? Have we got cash in the business to be able to fix, repair or replace items that that we're going to need? And if you weren't kind of actively sort of, like I say, not, not, stressing about it but you know it wasn't a focus in the back of your mind um then that that's that's when mistakes are made and that's when you know whether it's through just burying your head in the sand and not wanting to think about this stuff whether it's because you just don't have the knowledge you just don't understand it or whether it's complacency and it's not something to be to be scared of because like if you do just go and hire an accountant to do this it's you know they can explain certain things to you if you're not sure, but also they're going to take care of most of it for you. They'll just say, I just need you to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. That's it. And then it's a part of your business. You know, we talk about sometimes outsourcing, uh, ways that you can gain efficiency by not having to do every single little thing yourself. This is one of those things that an account can really help you with. Um, And, 
you know, with when it comes to the money, looking ahead and knowing this stuff, it just helps you to kind of make sure that you're on target for things. You know, it makes you makes makes it possible for you to achieve your goals whether it's not just financially, but for other things as well, you know, you can make different decisions if you are, so we talked about goals in the last podcast. So if you know what you want to achieve over the next 12 months, it helps you to know that you can do that and you don't have to make, you don't have to make reactionary decisions. You know, we might be looking at, I mean, honestly, the next few months um, are very quiet, like super quiet. The quietest we've, the quietest it's been since year one, right? Um, and we could be absolutely bricking it. But f- fortunately, because we know the finances, we, we can see what money we'll, we'll have coming in over the next few months, over the well, next sort of year. And we know what money we've got in the bank, we know we'll be okay. So we're not going to make any crazy decisions where we just start dropping our prices to like rock bottom to try and compete with people that are, are, are undercharging or we don't you know, start booking up the the whole year with jobs that we don't really want to take, but we feel desperate. So we hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, it's given you something to think about in terms of um, like hiring an accountant if you haven't got one, making sure that if you are one of those people that's left the tax return to the last minute, that maybe, you know, this is the last year you're going to do that because <laughs> starting, starting this year, you're going to do it differently. Um, I know that if you do hire an accountant, they'll really appreciate it if you don't leave your tax return until January. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so if you've got any questions or anything that you want to um, ask us or you know comments on what we've said, you can drop us a DM at Wedding Mavericks on Instagram. Um, if you want to email us, it's info at weddingmavericks.com. Please don't forget to drop us a little review if you like on wherever you listen to podcasts like Apple uh, Podcasts. That'd be perfect. Um, we want to try and get the podcast out to more and more people. We can see the the, the numbers going up every week. Uh, we really appreciate you um, taking the time to, to listen to us. And um, we hope you have a, a great week and we hope you get your tax return in on time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Take care for now. Bye.